welcome to the Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death podcast. I'm your co-host, Josh. And I'm your co-host, the girlfriend, Cindy. Hey everyone, welcome to week three of the ghost movies on the Your Favorite uh, movie podcast, Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death. We watched Poltergeist last week, so you know what we're watching this week. It's going to be Poltergeist 2. The other side. There it is. I always want to say electric boogaloo to everything, always. So I just I take a pause and let him say it. I prefer The Legend of Curly's Gold. <laughs> that is a good one. It really is. All right. So if Poltergeist 1 came out in 82, when did Poltergeist 2 come out? 1986. Okay. So they didn't, it wasn't like immediately on the back of the first one. They took a, they took a minute. Indeed they did. Okay. And this movie has no Spielberg connection beyond just the original. Okay. So. He had nothing to do with this. He, Spielberg it, historically was not a fan of being connected to sequels. That didn't come till later. <laughs> Okay. When they were like, do you want to do Temple of Doom? And he's like, yeah, I had a good time. Like, but he, they tried to get him to come back in some capacity for Poltergeist 2. And he was like, nah, they tried to get him to come back in some capacity for Jaws sequels. And he was like, no. So here we are. Poltergeist 2, the other side. All right. Uh, 1986. Let's talk about that. Okay. 86. I would have been six years old that year, turning seven at the end of it. Uh, What about you, dear? Four? Okay. Technically three, because this came out in May May 23rd. Okay. So three at the time. <laughs> Very different times. Not doing a whole lot of good for anyone. But probably still watching Poltergeist. No, that not until <laughs> probably Godzilla at this point. Okay. Well, yeah. Okay. I can see that. Uh, 1986 sucked, FYI. Well. I was looking at what happened that year, and it was like just a lot of bad stuff. Okay. Dare so we ask? the Space Shuttle Challenger disaster Yikes, was 86. Yes. Okay. The Chernobyl disaster was 86. Oh, okay. The Hands Across America happened. Oh, I do remember that, kind Hands of. Hands Across America. The Great Mouse Detective got released. Love that. I saw that in the theater. There you go. That might have been the first movie I ever saw in theaters. Huh. I'll have to ask the old woman who lives in my basement. There's not an old woman that lives in your basement. That's a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the Iran-Contra affair begins coming oh, into light at the end of that year. Yeah. So what's up, 1986? People that were born, Lady Gaga, Robert Pattinson, and essentially almost all of the young Gur Game of Thrones cast. <laughs> like, I was looking, I was like, damn, like most people in Game of Thrones are born in 86. That's the right, the right age group, I guess. Yeah, people we lost in 86. James Cagney, Broderick Crawford, Sterling Hayden, and Cary Grant. Wow. Yeah, some heavyweights there. Heavy, yeah. Poltergeist 2. The Other Side. It was directed by Brian Gibson. I wanted you to say Dennehy, but it's okay. I'll accept it. Directed by Brian Dennehy. Yes! Sorry. Co-star of First Blood. (laughs) Co-star. Brian Gibson has an interesting career. Mm Mm-hmm. He directed this movie and What's Love Got to Do With It, the Tina Turner movie. Tina Turner joint. Uh, Still Crazy, he produced the Freedom movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Interesting, interesting guy. That's a a wide range of Mm -hmm. movie types and genres. This is his only horror film. Okay. Michael Grace and Mark Victor return, who wrote the original Poltergeist, to write this one. Okay. Jerry Goldsmith comes back 
to do the score again. Okay. So that get, was a good score. We get some of the same, like he brings like Carol Ann's theme back for this, but we get, I think the score might be a little bit better in this at times. There is an addition to the art team on this movie. So they brought in H.R. Giger as a conceptual artist wow. for some of the monsters. Okay. H.R. Uh, Giger is a nightmare <laughs> who's no longer with us. He was a small German man who designed the alien in mm-hmm. Alien and loved things that looked like penises, <laughs> like scary, and scary penises. Yeah. So, he, spoiler alert, he designs a monster and it has tentacles. Of course. Okay. Um, the cast, there's a lot of returning people. All right. This movie... Would it be easier to say who doesn't return? Uh oh. Okay. No, because that's going to be sad. I don't want to get down that road. Okay. Gosh. Um, so right. Joe Beth Williams returns as Diane Freeling. Craig T. Nelson returns as Steve. Steve. Uh, Heather O'Rourke comes back as Carol Ann. Oliver Robbins comes back as Robbie. Obviously, the whole core family minus the oldest daughter who's away at school. Oh. Because if you listen to last week's episode, uh, we talked about how Dominic yeah. Dunn was murdered shortly after the film was released. Um, Zelda Rubenstein returns as Tangina. Mm-hmm. Um, now, important additions to the uh, franchise and lore of Poltergeist. Okay. Will Sampson plays Taylor. He is the very large Native American gentleman who was in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. All right. Uh, the Outlaw Josie Wales and The White Buffalo, which is a batshit crazy Charles Bronson movie. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Just look at the posters of time and be like, that's a movie that got made. Okay. All right. Um, Do you have a poster? Is that what I'm... <laughs> I'll show you one probably. Okay. <laughs> so he's in this movie. Julian Beck plays Kane. He was in The Cotton Club. This is like his biggest role is in this movie. And his last. Oh, all spoiler right. Spoiler alert for the poltergeist curse. Um, oh. And then Gerald, Geraldine Fitzgerald is grandma. She was in the 1939 Wuthering Heights and oh. Arthur. Okay. So all of these people. Random. All right. And I will say, before we move on, this is one of those weird sequels that takes the first film of mm-hmm. a franchise and then just fills in everything. It's Explains like, hey, itself. So let's just deepen like the story with this movie. Okay. Um, Are there we'll, other type, are there other movies that do that? Is that? A common thing, or is it's, that unique to this no, franchise? No, no, Like, think about it. How many times do you see, like, a sequel, and it's just a, the same thing over again? Yeah. And they don't build on the world at all? Mm-hmm. Okay. I see what you mean. This is more like... Insert protagonist here, save like day there. Like an alien-alien situation. All right. Where... Okay. I'm, I'm not saying this movie is as good as Aliens. <laughs> I am saying this movie does the same thing Aliens does, where it broadens the story and brings something okay. new... To the table, not just being like, so here we are again. So, Same old story. Give us your money. <laughs> so how scared do you think I'm going to be for two? Um, I don't, not that bad. Okay. I mean, honestly. Uh, all right. I'm a little nervous. I was definitely a lot more nervous before I saw the first one. Like not knowing was a lot worse than, you know, what it actually was. Which is usually the case, but... It definitely was the case that time uh, with Poltergeist. Okay, so this is the part of the podcast where Josh shows me a poster of the movie, and I try to tell you the plot. Here we go. 
Carolyn. My famous line from the entire franchise is in the sequel. Okay. So I'm going to say that they move the family has moved but the ghosts have followed Carolyn and we learn why it's targeting Carolyn specifically. And that that that's kind of the backstory. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. You're not too far off. I will say the first film is the best film of the series, hands down. All right. But the creepiest moment in the entire series is in this film. Ooh. All right. Like, not like a jump scare. Just creepy. Like just, ugh. Okay. Thanks, Julian Beck. Gotcha. Okay. Well, uh, where can we watch this? Poltergeist These are 2. on HBO. Like cool. On, if you have HBO Max. Um, weirdly, Scream Factory did nice Blu-ray uh, releases of Poltergeist 2 and 3. Mm-hmm. But they're out of print now. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't know why the studio hmm. won't let anyone do something fancy with the first Poltergeist. It's like they're going to do it, but they never do it. All right. Fucking give me a 4K of the Poltergeist <laughs> movies. All right. Well, then, that's where we're off to watch. Uh, join us, won't you? Mind the doors. watch the second of the poltergeist movies there are three total four total there's three plus a remake but we will not be watching the remake well okay i like this version there's a little different a lot of the same a little different um poltergeist 2 the other side colon the other side they don't address where the older sister is at all um it's not addressed no there's a few things that's not addressed in that in this movie but clearly if you listen to last week's episode well, yeah. She, she was, the actress was murdered, Dominique Dunn. Uh, well, we talked about in the front half. This came out. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So that, I mean, that was noticeable, but I think I only noticed it because I just watched the first one a week ago. If it had been two years ago, you know, between movies, I probably would have even forgotten because she did have such a small part. Or I would have definitely known because it was all over the press. One of the two. Well, I mean, if you would have watched this when it came out, you would have been like, oh, yeah. Got it. But Poltergeist 2. Okay. Boy, oh boy. Before we get into talking about this movie, Cindy, you want to give us a synopsis? I'm going to try. So Carol Ann's family move, and all 
I, they went from being like millionaires to now they have to live with her mom. And we find out that Carol Ann has telekinesis, magical kind of powers. And uh, the grandmother had it as has them as well. And an evil spirit of an old cult leader is trying to kidnap her, trying to kidnap Carol Ann. They have to do another exorcism. I'm not really sure. That's what I remember about it. Next. <laughs> what does IMDb say in a much more um, concise and simple manner than I have tonight? IMDb has the Freeling family have a new house, but their troubles with supernatural forces it's not a new don't house, seem though. to be over. It's, their mo- it's her yeah. mom's house. So this movie does what I want a sequel to do. Let's Pick- go ahead and get that out of the way. All right. It picks up after the events of the first film, not immediately after, but like a year or so after the events of the first film. Mm-hmm. And they are down on their luck. Like time the, has they, passed. There's yeah. the, the running joke of like, they keep filing insurance claims and then <laughs> yeah. they're like house disappeared. And the insurance company's like, well then that's an joke. God. Right. <laughs> like, and we don't cover that. That's not a thing. Like houses don't disappear. Which makes sense. Um, Is that what you mean by your favorite? Like it addresses the reality of how would you file the insurance claim? No, it, it expands on, the mythology of the first oh, film. Oh, right. Okay. Enough to make it interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, we know from the first film that Carol Ann was born in the house, that she has a connection to it, that the ghost kidnapper, and they wanted right. to, like, use I, something. the beast, which turns out to be the Reverend Kane, who's the cult leader you spoke Okay. Of, in the first film, wants to use her as a substitute for the light to keep his followers from, like, going to the afterlife. Okay. So he can still control them, even in death. All right. And that's kind of still his plan in this one. Um, he doesn't want to move on. He doesn't think he's dead. He wants to use her to control his dead followers. Here's what you need to know. There's another poltergeist. They have to do another exorcism. It's very interesting and scary and spooky. End. And then this time, Tangine is back. But there's also like Taylor, who's the Native American shaman. Yes. I think it's worth noting now that this movie was originally like an hour and 31 minutes long. Okay. And they cut it down to 91 minutes. And knowing that, if you watch it, you're like, it was oh, originally yeah, an hour cool. and what? You're it's, it would have been two hours. Oh, and you said an hour 30 no, and then you went 90 minutes. minutes. Oh, okay. You said, okay, gotcha. 131 minutes down to 91. <laughs> so, and so then there, is there a director's cut somewhere that we can no, watch? Okay. Because if there was, I would have seen it. Fair. Um, yeah, we, yeah, you typically. We I don't watch know those. if any of the footage survived. I don't know if it's a, uh, a scenario where they shot it and it disappeared, or what was shot, what wasn't. But it, knowing that, if you watch the movie, you can definitely tell where there's like jumps where something. Yeah, like they refer back to something, and you're like, "Wait, did that happen?" Well, Craig T. Nelson, his dad. Hair, if you watch this movie more than once, you really notice it. So at the beginning of the movie, when he's like trying to fix the vacuum because he's a vacuum salesman now yes he's got like a weird dad mullet yes and then he has it for a couple scenes and then he just walks in one day and it's gone he's oh yeah he, like, he like sh- yeah he didn't shave his head but it, it's it's a it's like back to cut. the hair he had in like the first film. right it just stuff like that like little things like oh that would have been explained or there you know Maybe yeah. his character had an arc of he came to terms with things or something, but eh, we won't. We and don't need to know that. There's all this buildup, right? Of like, oh, the poltergeist is back. The beast is back. Oh, Reverend Kane. Oh, he's so scary. Oh, Tangine is back. But then they skip over that. Like the ending of the movie is where I think they cut out the most stuff. 
because that's where it felt the most awkward and they clunky. So I would fight, assume, like they fight the beast in Grandma's house, mm-hmm. and then they go back to Cuesta Verde, which is where their the, house was from the first right, film. and then they go down in like under the swimming pool where. The opening of the film takes place where they find the dead bodies and the yeah. It, this, and it opens on an archaeological site, and he immediately grabs Carol Ann and Joe Joe Beth Williams and disappears into the other side. Yes, and then Taylor just shows up and he's like, "Here's a lance. Go in the fire after him." And they go in and they just immediately stab it, and the movie's and then over. Yeah. Well, it's Carol very Ann anticlimactic. F- Carol Ann flies off into the light, and then Grandma brings her back. Right. And it, the movie builds to an ending, and the ending's over, and like 90 seconds yes like they cut it's out very, so like i said it's really clunky ending. like it's, it's very so clunky. fast that i think that's where most of the stuff got cut out it's i don't know i love this movie from my childhood but watching it objectively as an adult i can definitely see where there's some problems there's a better movie there do you think that what, they cut down for time's sake do you think there's a movie like is there going to be an anniversary cut maybe and they'll release all the deleted scenes i here's the thing i it would be nice but probably not but is one of two things happening here okay um the studios weirdly like they would not license out the first film for for a company to do like a special edition blu-ray okay they would do two and three but they didn't give them any additional footage okay weird yeah like they're very tight with the first film especially so I don't know if it's a thing where they just don't want to do it or they don't huh. have the footage to do or it. Or is it cursed? I mean, and we'll talk more about that next week. <laughs> oh, okay. Next but week. Uh-oh. It's just this weird thing where I think that this was originally a way better movie than it ended up being. And I still like Poltergeist too. Like I still think it was a, it was an really enjoyable works. movie, yeah. I think the Reverend Harry Kane stuff is some of the scariest stuff. It's creepy for sure. In the in the the first three films in the whole franchise, but okay. I just wish it would have had more room to breathe because the movie feels like it opens and it's got this like logical build and it builds to just dun 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 like yes. boop 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 real fast and I kind of want the ending to be a little more uh, a little special more room for it to breathe yeah. Uh, so. Like to really kind of show the rules of this space and this monster and why it's terrifying. You know, like you really want, you know, big answers, quite uh, quite big answers to your questions. And instead you're just like, oh, oh, well, yeah, I guess that's okay. Huh. Yeah. It, it's like in the Indiana Jones with the whips and then he just shoots the guy and it's over. Like, uh, oh. Yeah, but... The thing about that is that that's a that really was comedic fun and funny piece in the middle of the no, movie. No, I I know, but I'm just like, comparing it. I like that was just the ending of Raiders of Lost Ark. <laughs> well, it is the ending of Poltergeist, so <laughs> like Poltergeist Two has this ending where it's just boo 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 boo. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. So tell me about this movie because we talked a little bit about the problems that kind of came up during filming of the last of the first one. Give me some stuff about this one. What kind of cool trivia is there other than, oh, that's the actor from One Flew the Cuckoo's Nest. And, oh, you know, what we all know about how, you know, Carol Ann dies and before the next one. Anybody, at least my age, at least. So the two people, there were two people that died. 
after making this movie. After making this movie. Yeah. So okay. Julian Beck, who played the Reverend Kane, he actually... Well, he was very old. Well, it's not that he was very old. He had really bad stomach cancer when he was oh. filming this movie. Oh. And that's why he looks the way he looks. Ugh. He looks like a human skeleton. Yes, he does. Is yeah. He's very in like, the final stages of cancer in this movie. Wow. Um, it to makes the, it look yeah. authentically creepy. To the point where he died basically right after they shot, they, they shot the film. That so can't be part of a curse, though. I mean, most older, of his elderly and sick. A lot of his lines were dubbed in post-production okay. by a different actor, like by a voice actor, oh. who just did an impression of him. Yeah. The sound editors had to, like, combine the two. Little ADR yeah. magic. And, and he said that, that there were scenes where he can't tell which lines are his and which lines are actually Julian Beck's. Like I said, this movie was 131 minutes. It was cut down to 91. Apparently, MGM rushed the production and ordered a bunch of cuts. Like, they cut the final battle with Kane way down. Uh, Zelda Rubenstein's scenes were cut way down, which pissed her off. She said that all of her best scenes did not make it in the movie. All right. So her estate would be all for, a, you know, a re-edit. Yeah. Okay. Um, the other person who died after making this is Will Sampson, who plays Taylor, the Native American character. Right. I guess, and, and I read about this, where he is a reincarnated medicine man okay, who was with Julian Beck's people, Harry Kane's people, when they were traveling through California. Okay, like a guide, And maybe, he's the or... one who was like, yo, these people are fucking out of their minds. Right. And had to, like, basically stop them. Okay, so he knew, he knows, that's how he knows what's going yeah. on. Okay, like, that makes sense. Whenever... That was probably explained in all the this is the scenes. This is the movie where everyone in the Freeling family suddenly has magical powers. Yes. They were like, hey, um, Joe Beth Williams, hold this picture. What, tell me what you see. And she sees like flashbacks of like the 1800s. Mm-hmm. And they, uh, Tangina talks about how na- they think that the people were killed by Native Americans. Well, apparently they were attacked by Will Sampson before he was reincarnated right. as Taylor because they were up to some evil shit, and then they ended up putting themselves in that cave, waiting for the end of the world, and it didn't happen. And then I guess they ate each other and all died. And Julian Beck's Reverend Kane is yeah. just lording over their spirits, and like won't let them, yeah, won't yeah. let them be at peace, won't let them rest. Much like the first film, Much there's like a lot the of similarities film. to the first film. They yes. used real skeletons for the scenes with skeletons. Again, I don't, I mean, whatever. Uh, and then the crew demanded an exorcism be held on the set to oh. ease rising tensions because... People were nervous. People were nervous and like bad things were happening and people were like really starting to buy into a curse at this point. Okay. So there was an exorcism performed on the set. <laughs> okay. By Will Sampson, who was a real life shaman. Studio security was in, uh, instructed to leave the set unlocked and unguarded so Samson could return in the middle of the night to perform the exorcism. Nice. So. Okay. That is, a, that's not apocryphal. That is a true thing that happened. It is. Fascinating. And the thing and weird. that ultimately caused it was. The, the ulti- like that made people start buying into the curse? Yeah. Okay. They did a scene um, when the royal cadavers were used props. They. They weren't entire, cadavers. They were skeletons. Yeah. Well, an entire day's worth of film came out just black. Oh. They shot it, and then nothing, it just was black. Hyper-exposed. That is weird. So they said, I've heard different numbers, between fifty to $100,000 worth of reshoots. 
That's okay. what caused Will Sampson to perform an exorcism at four in the morning. Four in the morning. To rid the set of evil spirits, and he's the tension of the frightened casting crew. Okay. I mean, I believe in that kind of stuff, so I get it. Yeah. Dig it. Um, this movie was also originally shot to be in 3D, to cash in on the 3D phrase oh, yeah. of the 80s. I like, can see how that they could do that. Like the, the way things are like thrown away, thrown around. Yeah. yeah. It was supposed to be 3D, and then I think they shot like a reel or two, and basically looked at it and went... Nah, yeah, no. These movies don't work. Yeah, no. You got to remember, what was it? Friday the 13th, part three. It was in 3D in 82. Jaws 3D was in 83. Gosh, Angel yeah, there was a big. 3D was in um, 83. There was a big push for a while. Uh, yeah. The idea of the 3D TVs did not take off the yeah. way I thought it would. Well, actually, here you go. I found it for you. Okay. Hello. We've Thank been you. talking. He's been Thank busily you, Googling Internet. over there. What's going on? So several scenes were cut from the film that would have explained and clarified things that were left vague in the series. Such as? It, like I said, it was elaborated that Taylor is a reincarnation of Ben Legu, a Native American who was a member of Kane's cult, but broke off upon realizing how evil Kane had become, thus explaining why Taylor is out to defeat Kane and why they seem to know one another. Gotcha. Remember whenever he's like, you have an Indian living in there? That's yes. my impression of him, by the way. I think it's really good. Um, yeah, I mean. And he's like, yeah, Taylor. And he's like, so that's what he's calling himself now. Oh, yeah. yeah. I didn't even really clock that by the end. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. It also revealed that the ghosts in the first film, the ones from the cemetery, were trapped and unable to go to the light due to Kane's powers all right. and were under his control. The film originally ended with the family freeing all of the spirits Kane had ensnared, including his cult. The spirits of Cain's followers and the cemetery ghost go to the light while Cain was used, while Cain was sucked down a dark tunnel to hell. Give me that movie. Yeah, that sounds like a cool. Especially than, if you shot it. Then an angel returning Carolyn and happily ever after. I mean, I'm okay with that ending. I'm okay with yeah, like the yeah. grandma angel thing, but also give me the Cain going to Why hell. Why not bit. both? Yeah. Right. Give me, give me the whole thing. Yeah. So. Why not both? This movie. After it came out, like Julian Beck dies almost immediately. Right. And then a couple years later, but he was sick. Will Samson dies. I don't know the story of him, but okay. Yikes. So there's people that kind of die after every one of the, these movies. That's a reoccurring theme. Another reoccurring theme. Mm-hmm. This film, like the first film, no deaths. Right. That's we true. Two movies into a franchise that and is a horror staple of the 80s, and there is zero body count. No one has been uh, hurt. They've been just scared, just like, frightened. There's a shitload of dead people, but right. they've been dead for a very, very long, long time. Yeah, now that you bring that up. <laughs> yeah, good point. <laughs> All right. So, in uh, next week's episode, we're going to get some death. <laughs> that sounds uh, horrible to spoiler say. Alert, but... Actually, yes, you will. You'll oh. get, I think, one. <laughs> Okay, so next so, week we're definitely watching Poltergeist three. Yeah, which was not the three D one. The That's weird. M- most misunderstood of the series. But what what <laughs> okay. did you think of Poltergeist two? I didn't. I thought it was a perfectly good movie. I mean, but I don't think it necessarily had to be a sequel to Poltergeist. Does that make sense? Like uh, this could have been a standalone movie. I mean, they just kind of allude back to that this happened before. It, it almost seems shoehorned in. But again, that might just be the clunky edits from having to heavily cut out an hour. Yeah. Um, 
I just want to point out because this is the last time I'll get a chance to talk about Cuesta Verde, the town. Okay, they're not going to go the back there. From the first film, um, the third one has nothing. No to Cuesta do, Verde. Nothing to do with Cuesta Verde. So is that a real place? Can we really go to Cuesta it's not, Verde? It's not. I mean, like the town is real, but it's but it's not it, called that. It's not called Cuesta Verde. Damn it. The name Cuesta Verde. What does it mean? Has two meanings. Like if you go with the traditional translation of what quest every day would mean it would be like a green hill or slope okay right? yeah but the literal translation is of quest every day is green cost oh or you cost think, green do you think that was on purpose oh 100 percent. okay 100 i didn't know if that was just like a, that was known that yes this is part of the story is that it's the idea of it ties back to like capitalism the yes. idea of there's a price in it's more important to make money than it is to respect the sanctity of people right. and history. Or and the land itself. Like, the first film, The Beast, they don't even have it. He doesn't have a name. It's not yeah. Reverend Kane. Yeah. He's just this intangible thing. You never see him, right? Except for that the, giant the, fucking skeleton face. Right. And then the bad guy's kind of the land developers. Correct. In this film, they give, like, a physical form to the beast, they give him the Reverend Kane body, and he's walking around. And again, he was like a capitalist who was leading these people and taking their money, and even in death, wants to control Cult them. leader, yeah. So it's kind of the same thing, and this movie has a lot to say about like capitalism, just like the first one, but it's a little clunkier in this one. I totally, but I th- again, I think that's because of, it had to be so heavily edited yeah. for whatever reason. And you, this movie's also missing, like, Toby Hooper and Steven mm-hmm. Spielberg. <laughs> yeah, their their touch on things, their eye. Yeah, like the first film is this. I mean, I'll call it what it is. It's I think it's a beautiful movie about ghosts and the afterlife and family and suburbia and capitalism. And one mother's love. Exactly, and this movie's just kind of. Eh, let's. It's a like I said. It, it didn't necessarily. It wasn't and didn't have to be like an Exorcist movie. It was just kind of. A movie about it doesn't break a lot of new ground. It just kind of right rehashes. Adds, yeah, adds to there. Okay, right. Yeah, it, it seems like a, like an appendix more than its own standalone so, movie. I like this movie a lot. I'm not gonna lie, but yeah. I I wish I could see the longer cut. That's where we, I'm at in my life. We did watch this with the 75 year old. She enjoyed it. Again, no no deaths. This is uh, perfect for her. I would watch this with my kids, but I don't think they'd be down for it, you know, like because read no deaths <laughs> times they are changing. I don't I think the youngest one would it would scare the ever loving shit out of him. Yep. Yes. Yes, it <laughs> like, would. So I would not watch it with uh, him and the teenager wouldn't want to. So there you go. There's my pick. There's my parental guidance suggestion. Would you watch this movie again? Yeah, I mean, I don't know why. Like, yeah, I'd watch it. It's, it's entertaining. It was an entertaining watch. Okay, we kind of added something at the end of last year that has been hard to do so far with these movies. Mm-hmm. So instead of doing like, what's your favorite kill? Right. What, what was your favorite scary moment of this movie? Because um, the first one's definitely, I think, the whole pool sequence or the skeleton head like, Kane, Kane's so whole interaction, like Kane, just freaked me out. So any kind of any time that he was involved with his 
skin taut skull face. Um, it, it, it was just creepy to me. And how like it would storm when he was around and he would sing like this. It was just very creepy. And it reminded me of like those weird old guys at church. So Because he is that weird old guy yeah, at church. Well, yeah. So I guess, you know, hats off to him. He played it very well. But uh, I didn't like any of that. What about you? It's my favorite moment. My favorite scene in this whole movie uh-huh. is when he shows up at the house and he's like singing. And yeah, it's yeah. Raining. That's what I'm talking. And he's That's like the creepiest didn't I, to me. Didn't I see you at the mall? And he's like, very likely, very likely. Uh, favorite character in this movie, is, other than Carol Ann, is the Taylor. Like, yeah. Ta- he's is that what he's going and saying these days? And let's go ahead and get this out of the way real fast before we end for the episode. What? The character is slightly problematic. He's like the magic Native American. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Right. I, Who like yeah. moves his hands and like butterflies fucking land on yeah. him. Like, the magic Indian. I know. I still fucking love him though. Yeah. It's um, still a really good movie. But you're right. Uh it's part of, you know, like the magic black guy. Like oh okay. That's a Stephen King troop. <laughs> but you know what I mean. It, I think it's this interesting it, I that guess. the first film we talked about in with the first one, how they go out of their way to avoid the Native American trope. Yeah, where they're like, it's and like this it's time not they a Native American battle it. or Native American. Well, that's what I thought it was always battleground. Yeah, uh, that's what I always thought. This one, they lean into it, so I guess that's where I got that from when yeah, I was just learning through the commercials. They're full stop, like 100 percent Native Americans. Here you go. Yeah. You like that part? Oh, okay. We're going to really push that. So, All right, listeners. Listeners, we'll be Um, back next week with Poltergeist 3. Poltergeist 3. Yeah. Until then. I'm Josh. And I'm Cindy. And I'm still his girlfriend. Yay. Poltergeist. Jitterbug.